Hey Shanice, how are you today? How's the weather over there? The sun is shining, so I am shining. Hi everyone, my name is Aaliyah Aluma. I'm the editor of 10 at 10 and this is the Have You Met Aaliyah podcast. Today I am speaking with a new friend of mine named Shanice who's currently living in Barcelona. Oh, sweet, sunny Barcelona. And we're here in Canada talking to her about what it's like to run a sustainable fashion brand. And in the process, we're going to learn about sustainable fashion and some habits that we can pick up as we move into spring and get ready to clean out our closets. Perfect. Hi, I'm Shanice. I'm from the Netherlands, but I am living in Barcelona, Spain for five years. I am the creator of Omamo for sustainable clothing brands and also the designer. And uh, yeah, apart from that, I'm also a singer. So I'm a little bit all around like in an artistic field, just being myself, enjoying. And uh, that's what I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> Wonderful. You're also a singer. Yeah. Creative all around. So how did you enter the sustainable fashion industry? How did you start designing clothing? Well, actually, um, let's say around four or five years ago, I, well, I've always been very into fashion and I basically discovered around that time how destructive the fast fashion industry is. I always knew something about it you know in the back of your head in the back of my mind i knew that something that was going on in this industry was a little bit off but i never really did my research and i did so around four or five years ago and just every time when i continued shopping in fast fashion brands like zara h&m which were my favorite stores at that time i just always felt super guilty and I told my mom because it's not her profession, but she's a super talented seamstress and pattern maker. And I've always told her like, hey, we should start a project, a brand, do something together. So I did at that time. I told her like, hey, maybe let's start a sustainable project. Let's see how it will be received by people and especially the people close to us at that time. And we started doing that. She was living in the, well, she's still living in the Netherlands and I was in Spain. So uh, we started, figured out that it wasn't really working with her living there and me living here. So then I just decided to continue the project uh, by myself. Does that mean now you have taken over the seamstress role as well and you're putting the garments together? No, I basically went looking for people here in Barcelona, um, professional seamstresses and pattern makers because I'm not really skilled. I'm not really, I don't really know how to professionally sew and make patterns. So that is not my expertise. I'm just really good at designing and creating the ideas uh, around it. So I went looking for professional seamstresses, tailors, pattern makers here in Barcelona. And now I'm working together with two seamstresses and uh, well, actually three seamstresses and one pattern maker. When you design your outfits and your clothing, hmm. what inspires you? Where are you drawing your inspiration? And like, I think that you're like, I think that the designs are absolutely beautiful. I have been thank you, thank you so much. And they're just so elegant and beautiful. Where did that come from? 
Well, definitely Pinterest. I'm addicted to Pinterest. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, it's like you start with one picture and then you just scroll, scroll. It's, it's crazy. Um, I get my inspiration from Pinterest, Instagram, and basically just, you know, I have a, I have a very, I know my style, my personal style. And sometimes I just feel like, or I already have an item hanging in my closet and I'm like, Ooh, I would love this item, but with this and this and this, or this differently. And then I just start writing it down, drawing. I'm also not the best drawer, but luckily I'm working with people that really understand <laughs> what I'm doodling. In the beginning, when I started with my, with my mom, she was very fashionable and in, well, she still is, but she was more when she was around my age back in the days. And I just always look back at her pictures and it's amazing, her style and just the style of the 70s, 80s. And I just also get inspired by that. Uh, she still has some items from that time. And sometimes I just wear it and I feel like, wow, I would love to design something like this, but with a modern touch to it. So yeah, I get inspired by different things, I, I think. I'm very curious, how do you make your brand sustainable? Okay, so I work with organic materials only. And if we need a material that is not organic, I make sure that it is recycled, but I do not really use polyester, um, those kind of materials. I really like to keep it organic. I also work with a made to order model, meaning that um, we start the production once we get an order. In that way, we reduce waste or we actually don't generate waste in that way. Because in the beginning, when I started, I just started with very low volume in stock, but you still don't know what you're going to sell. You can always make an estimation, but it's never always correct because sometimes I would only size uh, sell size M and then the size S is still available. And then that's not really sustainable in my opinion. So I have a made-to-order policy, work with organic materials, and next to that, well, that's mostly the ethical part. I just make sure that everyone that I'm working with is paid fairly, that they are working in safe and humane conditions. And now we are also going to have upcycled line at Omomov because the most sustainable clothing out there is either the clothing that, the, the clothes that you already own in your closet or secondhand items. So I really wanted to work with that. I will definitely continue making newer designs and new clothing, but I also think it's very important that uh, sustainable brands work with the clothing that already exists and materials that already exist in the world, because if not, it will just end up in landfills. So when you're doing this upcycling, are you upcycling clothing from anywhere any brands anything that people are donating is that how you're collecting it or are you upcycling like your own collection that is being refurbished in a sense well up until now i do not have any leftovers of my own collection so um i did not really have the idea to do that yet but for now we are working with with clothing that already exists so we are working together with a wholesaler from berlin and they have secondhand vintage items and we basically just pick out items that we feel that we could you know upcycle to something else or make better or tailor or if something is broken that we fix that and make it into something cute 
because in the end, if they are not going to sell it, they will also just throw it away. I do have a plan to also give the opportunity to my customers to send in items that they do not wear anymore and to see if we can upcycle that. But that is an idea for a project for a later stage. We're just going to see now how this new upcycled collection will be received by everyone. And then that is definitely something that I would like to incorporate as well, that everyone will have the opportunity to send in items that they do not want to wear anymore. I think that it's absolutely wonderful and it is so important and it's setting a really good example mm. for other brands to follow. Yes. This model is very important because as we're both aware, like, the amount of pollution and environmental degrade that mm. happens from the fashion industry exactly. is startling and so many people don't know about it. Mm. And a really big problem in the fashion industry is like you said like fast fashion yeah you mentioned that so let's talk about fast fashion so what is fast fashion fast fashion is basically um fashion produced in a very rapid pace it's all about trends the quality of the item is not their main concern because it's it's they just want to make sure that they are following the trends so they're maybe designing an item now so that it will last a couple of months because they need to make sure that the customer will come back when the new trend is coming in so that they are coming back to buy more and more and more. And that is the complete opposite with sustainable fashion, right? It's all about creating clothing that will last you a long time, that is made of great quality, so you can invest in an item and make sure that you will have it for a very long time. Whereas fast fashion is just about creating a lot of clothing generating a lot of waste and uh, it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it's so terrible yeah so essentially you want to find items that are timeless and that will provide longevity so how do you do that how do you identify an item that would i guess go into a capsule wardrobe yeah for now i work with a lot of uh, how do you say it? basic colors or plain pieces that do not have a lot of patterns so that you can mix and match it with whatever you have in your wardrobe. So I just like to work with silhouettes that is timeless and classic that is not necessarily an item that you would see on a trend. Like, oh, this is just something that you will need to wear for three months or let's say a, a summer item. I do have seasonal items. But I always try to make sure that what I launch during the summer months is also an item that you can wear up or down or that you can wear the sweater on top during the winter months. So it's not necessarily a winter piece just for winter or just for summer. And just making sure that the quality, that the materials that I use like linen, cotton or tensile, which is my favorite fabric, that they are strong and durable and will last you a long time. Oh, that's brilliant. So we need things, when people are visiting your site, when people are visiting your page on Instagram, they're not only experiencing these beautiful pieces, but they're experiencing well-made, ethically made, hmm. durable and simple, timeless pieces. Exactly. Which, what a wonderful model. Yeah. <laughs> a wonderful world Thank you. Of course, yeah. very often there are, I, of course, there are a lot of things that are trend. Often there are just 
let's say oversized blazers now is it's very trendy now like it's everyone wants to have an oversized blazer but i don't see that as just a trend because it's actually a very timeless piece it's an item that has always been there and people have always worn it but it's just that now it's so becoming mainstream let's just say it like that but it's still an item that i would love to create and design because it's a kind of garment that you will always have in your closet it never goes out of style with sustainable fashion were you like practicing sustainable fashion taking on sustainable habits before you started producing sustainable fashion? yes so do you think that a lot of changes have been made in the sustainable fashion industry since you started practicing it yourself and then contributing to it and to where you are now uh yes well i do have to say when i started my clothing brand i was also very new to the uh, sustainable fashion world community it was very new to me and even when i just started my brand very often i would still buy from fast fashion brands because it's it's something that you just need to how i don't know if outlearn is the correct word to say in english <laughs> But, you know, you're always used to just buy so much from fast fashion and then all of a sudden you realize like, ooh, this is wrong. And it, it, it is not always easy. And what I definitely, and this is also something I want to talk about on my own platform as well, is that when I just discovered this, this sustainable fashion community, I also realized, and also now I still see it happening, that it can often be a very problematic and toxic community because what I experienced when I just wanted to know, you know, when I did my research and also now when I see when a lot of influencers want to introduce sustainable items or they want to show that to their followers is that they are still being bullied a lot of times by people who are like super sustainable and it, that just is so wrong because someone is really trying and yes i completely understand when an influencer that is always posting about zara and h&m and all the fast fashion brands and now all of a sudden is posting about sustainable fashion practices that maybe you're like mm, yesterday you were talking about fast fashion and now it's sustainable fashion but it's just plain bullying what i sometimes see on social media and in that way, we are not stimulating influencers or companies or people to step into or to get to know more about sustainable fashion. We are just pushing people away from it because it then looks so scary, like, oh, I cannot even try. I don't know if you know what I mean and if you've ever seen this yourself as well. Oh, absolutely. I have seen things like this on so many different platforms where exactly what you're saying people will try to promote some sort of sustainable habit or some habit that is different than what they mm. have been promoting and people become very aggressive yeah but i feel like we're in this really radical <clears throat> stage right now in life especially as enabled by social yeah. media where people are just angry about things like they will look for all of these problems instead of helping to promote solutions and i feel like there's probably the opposite end of the spectrum as well where if somebody is promoting sustainable fashion there are people who are finding every reason to make sustainable fashion unattainable. exactly mm -hmm. so i imagine it's a very mm -hmm. hard industry to promote especially because the fashion industry dominates mm -hmm. right now and it directly connects to capital and how much money people have how much money people are able 
to spend on certain things and for sustainable fashion to be sustainable it usually has to be properly it has to pay the people who make it it has to represent the materials in the process and that is not something that fast fashion embodies it it doesn't like the price tag definitely reflects how an item is made which i think is probably a really big indicator if you're unaware of how to find fast fashion so if you're going into a department store and you look at the price tag yeah a lot of times that's going to be an indicator but i have noticed that there's a lot of bullying and there's a lot of just criticism around <laughs> this industry but trying to promote changes yeah. in any way i feel like there's always going to be exactly criticism. absolutely uh, no it's i also think it's very good to, to to be critical and to not you know just accept everything it's really good but sometimes there's just you know this thin line between you know being critical and just bullying or being just very hard and mean and yeah i just i just know like i see it with my friends you know that sometimes they are really trying and then they just feel like oh but if I, I'm not sure because if I'm going to, if I want to be very sustainable, but I also do this, like maybe I should just stop being sustainable. And it's like, no, don't stop. You're, you need to grow as well. You need to learn. So just ignore the noise around you and go step by step. The little contributions and little ways that eventually create a bigger mm, Exactly. Which is very important. Besides interacting with bullies and people who are just harsh what are some of the challenges that you've come across in the fashion industry well definitely what you what you mentioned before the price point of course i want uh, i would love for everyone to be able to to purchase my clothing and very often you hear people say like oh i i don't want to buy sustainable fashion because it's expensive why is it so expensive and as you mentioned it is the price point is higher than fast fashion because the people who created the clothing who the workers behind it they have been paid a fair living wage and the material that we use is more expensive than the materials used in fast fashion clothing so this is definitely a challenge for me that sometimes i feel like oh i just i just would love to sell the dress for a lower price point but it's just not possible so this is definitely something that is sometimes in my head and that i have problems or troubles issues with do you have an idea of how you can change that or do you think that people will become more receptive to sustainable pricing i do think that people will become more receptive because you know the reason why people also maybe feel now like oh my god sustainable fashion is so expensive i'm not going to buy it is because of the way that we are used to purchase now like our consumer behavior is all about oh i'm going to shop and i'm going to buy a bunch of things and spend money and, and there are people that shop every week every month and the whole idea around sustainable fashion is also about not just buying sustainable fashion but also buy less and um, think before you buy like is it something you really need um this is also really something that i love about sustainable fashion because it's not all about trends but it's really about loving your clothing and making them last saving your money finding your own identity what is your personal style instead of following trends so when you really know like okay this is my personal style you're going to be more 
critical when you're going to shop. You're not just shop anything. You really shop for the items and the pieces that you know you will love and wear for a long time. So I think when you are going to shop like that and really make it, make it a project or event, a plan for yourself, it's going to be easier to spend your money on something that is maybe more expensive because you know like, okay, this is really an item that I want and need. I'm going to have it for a long time. And I see this happening also that people make better choices when they are going to shop their clothing. And instead of buying five t-shirts from a fast fashion brand, maybe they are buying two from a sustainable fashion brand because they know that these two pieces is something that they really need and really love. With all of that in mind, what advice would you give to somebody who is just entering the sustainable fashion world on how to build a sustainable closet? Um, my tips would be do not get rid of all of your clothing because that's what I did in the beginning because I thought <laughs> I just need to get rid of my fast fashion clothing and I just need to buy new sustainable clothing and that's not the way. Hold on to the items that you already have because in that way you will not be generating more waste and also make piles for yourself like clothing that you really wear a lot clothing that you do not wear often because in that way you really you will really discover your personal style and just make a plan make a list of the things that you wear and of the things that you really need and also of course shop secondhand it's not always necessary to shop newer things from a sustainable brand but also look for things secondhand maybe do clothing swapping with your friends family members and then later you go to a sustainable ethical clothing brand to find what you what is left what you couldn't find in a secondhand store that was very well said and very good advice. I hope that a lot of people follow it. I know that I felt a little bit inspired to go through my closet and just reorganize, figure out who I am via my outfit choices that I frequent most often. Anyways, on your website, I noticed in the past you work with an organization, some sort of charity yeah. or other organizations that you align yourself with and I know that's a common thing for a lot of sustainable brands is that still a thing that's going on and do you feel like yes it's still going on it's mosaic a South African organization and non-profit organization and they work to battle domestic violence in South Africa and actually when I started the clothing brand I already knew that I wanted to work with an organization or an institution that is doing their part on society level. Um, I studied European studies and I've always wanted to do something with human rights and, and just combine my love and passion for music and, and fashion with something involved with human rights. I just always wanted to connect those things. And I have two friends that worked as an as interns at this NGO. And I just immediately thought, yes, women's rights, human rights, this is something that I always wanted to help and support. So when I created the brand, I already knew that I wanted to give a part of my profits to an, an NGO. So I got in contact with them and this the rest is history. <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah you're you had friends that worked for that ngo do you have any other connections to south africa or you just chose to invest in that 
uh, relationship because you had people who already trusted you. Exactly. I don't have any other connection with South Africa. I just knew that they really loved working there and they were telling me a lot of stories of what they have been doing. And uh, it was just so beautiful to me. And then, of course, what they are doing is beautiful, but what is happening there is not really beautiful. So when I heard all these stories I, and that they just really trust this organization, I knew like, okay, I do not need to do further research because that's also a thing when you're going to donate to an organization. You need to make sure that all the work that they are doing and everything that they are doing within their company and organization is, is true and is clean and beautiful because this is also something that you see a lot with sustainable brands now is that they are maybe supporting a political party or a company and then later on you you find out that it's very that they are discriminating or that they are very racist so i felt comfortable with knowing that my friends work there and that i could trust this organization Oh, so pleasant. What a wonderful... <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited about this interview. I'm learning so much. I know we've already spoken about so many wonderful things, but I'm wondering if there's anything else you'd like to mention or anything related to your work that you want to share with us that we didn't talk about yet today. Uh, yeah, I uh, want to share that Omamove is going to have a rebranding or basically we are going to be a gender fluid brand because I started Omamov as a women's only brand. I was all about women empowerment and I still am, but throughout the years I discovered that not all my clients identify themselves as women. And I basically felt like, okay, who am I to decide what a woman or what a man can or cannot wear? And I just, did my research again and figured out that there were a lot of brands that are gender neutral or genderless. And what you see there is that they create clothing that is very oversized. And basically you can just find those garments in every man section in, in every fashion brand. And I felt like, okay, but that is genderless and gender neutral, but what about dresses and skirts and, and ruffles and laces? Why can, a person that does not identify as women not wear that? Why Why is genderless an item that can basically just be men's clothing, you know, like in society, accepted in society? So I really felt like, no, this is not right because I am not representing a group that is buying my clothing. That is, that is just not right. That's not okay. And I feel like everything about sustainable ethical fashion inclusion is a big part of that if you are sustainable or ethical you should be all about inclus inclusivity and include marginalized groups so i really felt like okay i need to make this change and i'm not necessarily going to make a section just for men and just for women no i'm just going to make the designs and the clothing that i love to make and it's just for everyone that wants to wear it you're really moving in a direction that is it, it is yeah. the future you are moving towards all of the right places and towards the right channels and building community in the process and it's absolutely brilliant thank you so much Alia. thank you absolutely absolutely my final question that i ask everybody every entrepreneur every person who is working to make the world a bit better 
what is the best advice you've ever received in your pursuit? Ooh, there are a couple. Okay, wait. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We, I had a lot of conversations about this. Well, the best advice is that, I, of course, I, I don't always have happy days. I also have to have moments that I feel like, okay, I'm just gonna stop this, or I don't, I'm not feeling good today. I can't work. I can't do this. And the best advice is. You cannot only work on days when you are feeling okay. You also need to work on days when you are feeling a little bit under the weather and you need to show up. Uh, of course, you need to take care of yourself. Very important. You, when you are feeling like, okay, I can't handle it. Um, of course, take, take your rest. But I cannot only work on days when I feel super, super amazing. I also need to understand that there are days where not where things are not going right. And that doesn't mean failure. It doesn't mean okay, you need to end, you need to stop, you can't do this. It's just a little bump on the road and just continue, keep going and better days will come. And this this was absolutely true. I need to write down this down a couple of times for myself. It was like a mantra every time. And I noticed that every time when I kept saying this to myself, things definitely kept going better and I kept pushing myself. So definitely one of the best advices that I got great advice. I love to hear it. And I absolutely loved this interview. I feel like we spoke about so many wonderful things. You brought up such great points and you also shared so many important things. So thank you again for taking the time to chat with me. I know that we've got an ocean between us, a time zone between us, and it means a lot that you made the time to talk to me about your brand, about what you're doing, and to share the incredible work that you are producing. This was a wonderful interview. Yes, I agree. (laughs) I'm Aliyah Aluma. Thank you for listening.